A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hosting the So Money podcast for almost 10 years, I've been learning a lot about how to best serve you outside the show. I've begun to offer pop up workshops and a So Money members club. And with each new line of business, a lot goes on behind every transaction. Stripe helps simplify and ease payments with Tap to Pay on iPhone, which helps me grow revenue and reach through accepting more in person, contactless payments when I'm out in real life promoting my programs. Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe give me the ability to scale quickly quickly and stay flexible with quick setup and no additional hardware required. And it's not just ideal for me. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe help businesses of all sizes accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. Whether your customers want to use their card, Apple Pay, or other digital wallet, now you can accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. So many episodes, 1636, last minute tax mistakes you want to avoid with Hannah Cole, founder of Sunlight Tax. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. What the IRS does, if you think about it, they have all the data from every single taxpayer. And so what they do is they run basically like a score or a range for every single tax category in your business receipts, right? So they know that the average artist, writer, or performer spends, you know, between one and 6% on travel meals, spends maybe 5% on supplies. Every single category, they'll have some range. And so what happens is if your spending in a particular category pops out of the average range, you will get a flag on your tax return. Welcome back to So Money, everybody. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. Today, we're talking about some important steps for us as we're all about to send in those tax filings. If you're a small business owner, it's really coming up March 15th. So we're going to spend the next 30 minutes addressing some of the biggest mistakes that filers tend to make, and some of them can be quite costly. Our guest is Hannah Cole. She's a tax expert who specializes in working with creative businesses and mission-driven solopreneurs. A longtime working artist herself, Hannah's helped tens of thousands of self-employed people skill up with accessible tax and money education. She has a money boot camp program. She offers speaking engagements and she hosts the Sunlight Podcast. In our conversation, we get to the top mistakes that she sees clients make, how to reduce your chances for an audit this year, and the six figures, about 130K, that you may be leaving on the table if you delay contributing to your IRA before the annual deadline. Here's Hannah Cole. Hannah Cole, welcome to So Money. You're now my go-to tax expert. Ah, I love it. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled. What you do is so essential. Everyone's got to do their taxes. 
that's not a non, that's not negotiable. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, unless you want to pay the consequences. And yet, this is not something that we're taught. It presents to be so complicated. How do you feel around tax season? It's a lot. I'm actually this weekend. I'm, I'm I have it on my calendar. Must dedicate time to getting my, you know, what in order. Totally. I actually just this morning was organizing my own tax documents, and I was, you know, it just. It used to be, I mean, I almost got divorced over taxes. So like, oh I'm God. really coming, I'm what? coming from a place of pain and experience. I, I am, I understand what it is like to be disorganized and feel judged <laughs> around this stuff. Um, but I think February is an awesome time um, because all your tax documents should be in, even yes. those brokerage statements, which come a little bit later. They're usually out by the second week of February. So right about now is probably the earliest possible time that you can file your taxes. And if you do that early, it's got a lot of bonuses because you get your refund faster if you have a refund. You get better service from an accountant if you're working with one because it is their quietest month of all the months there are. Really? February? Yes. Mm -hmm. I know for the corporate tax return, so I know you were mentioning you have a corporate tax return. So those people who have an S corp or a partnership or a C corporation, that's pretty rare probably. But if you have a corporate tax return, one of those three, that's due March 15th. So as soon as you get into even late February, it's already getting to be where your accountant is a little crunched. But mm -hmm. basically, if you can get your stuff in, in early to mid-February, you just get better service. Well, and then, you know, the thing is people do file extensions. So they are working all year on um, those taxes. I actually mm -hmm. emailed you. This is a little behind the scenes. I, in a panic, it was like the last day of January, I think, or like two days before the last day of January. And I mm -hmm. think you're supposed to like file your 1099s by the last day of January. And I'm yep. driving and I'm like, I think I feel... Like there's a voice in my body that's like, Farnoosh, you need to 1099 some folks uh, uh -huh. that I had hired in 2023 for various like, you know, like the videographer that I hired for the event that I did, et cetera. And usually yeah. I have a bookkeeper who takes care of all that stuff, but I ended up, you know, cutting ties with my bookkeeper in December. So it's on me now. And I'm like, what do I do? I'm like, I can probably figure this out, right? I'll just Google it. So I went uh -huh. to the Google and I got, I felt like I went down all these rabbit holes and everything was like, it would trick me. It was like a bait and switch. It was like, I would do the 1099, I would fill it out. And then it was like, okay, you have to subscribe now for a year to our website in order to file this. And I was like, I don't want to spend hundreds of dollars to do this. I feel like this is not the right site. So I emailed you and mm -hmm. I emailed my CPA and both of you came back with this brilliant site. I'll give it to everybody. It's called Track. 1099. Track 1099. Use it. It was like a couple bucks, I think, to I know, file. So cheap and so easy. Basically nothing. Plus, it's also a probably tax write-off. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It is. Um, all right. Let's get this going. We were going to do, a, I promise everyone, a power 30 minutes of talking about taxes. Let's start with the number one hang up you see a lot of people face this time of year, which prevents them from either filing on time or filing correctly. Yes. Well, I think the big hang up is not understanding that your tax payment and your tax filing are separate. This is really, really important for you to understand because I think a lot of people wait to actually file their tax return 
until like April 15th, or if you have a corporate return, that would be earlier, it'd be March 14th, because it's the 15th. They think they have to pay on the day that they file, but you don't. These two things are actually separate. And so you can file your tax return in February. And that, that's awesome because the filing of the tax return tells you how much you actually owe, but you still have two months to get the money together. And also to do yeah. that sort of moving money from bank account to bank account, which you know anybody who's ever been scrambling on April 14th knows how stressful that is. If you file an extension Mm -hmm. and you owe, you still owe on April 15th. So that's the thing that I have had to learn the hard way. Super, super important. People think that when they get an extension on their taxes, they think it extends the payment deadline and it does not. Think of your payment deadline as immovable. It's April 15th and it does not change ever. And so if you file for an extension and you don't make a tax payment, you're supposed to estimate what you owe and pay it by the 15th. And if you don't, you are accruing interest starting on April 16th, whether you have an extension or not, it doesn't matter. So filing and paying, they're two separate things. Um, So it's really good to have like your brain straight about that. Yes. Later on, I want to talk a little bit more about that extension process yeah. Um, and because I think that sometimes I had a little bit of shame attached to that early on. Now I have no shame. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a, I'm like, I can already tell you we're going to be doing an extension. And last year I did a payment plan. I think it was last year for my taxes because it was so messed up and I had all this money due that I didn't anticipate. Plus I was paying off some debt. I was like, I need the liquidity. So I did a payment plan, which I was like, ooh, me, a financial expert. It was the best thing I ever did. I loved it. I'm so glad. Yeah. I encourage this. If you need the space and the time and the liquidity to pay off, think just do it. The IRS is not going to like put handcuffs on you and it's, there's no shame, which is all what you do. Like you got into this space because you experienced a lot of shame around, as you mentioned earlier, like the tax process and not knowing Mm -hmm. everything. I want to, you help a lot of creative people, which is important because as creatives, we're told at least like, don't worry about money, you know, focus on the process, focus on your creativity. And then we end up missing out a lot on, on the ease of how it is to manage your money and your taxes. In your masterclass, one thing you want to talk about early on to folks is that there is something that a lot of us are doing, which is a time waster and completely unnecessary. Can you tell us what that is? Yeah. So it's sorting your receipts. I see a lot of people, you know, there's kind of like a stereotype of the disorganized tax person who's like got a shoebox full of receipts. Receipts are for deep storage. You actually really don't ever need to touch them. So long as you keep them, think of them as they're there in case the IRS questions your deductions, right? They're there as the proof that the deduction you put on your tax return actually happened. So PS, the sort of takeaway here is do not put things on your tax return you don't have a receipt for because the the IRS has full authority to ask you to back it up at any time. So you want that receipt (laughs) in your storage, but you don't need to sort them. And actually, I can give your listeners a little trick for keeping them in order. So if you just take your receipts And every time, if you have physical receipts are so rare these days, but when you do have them, that I think for that reason, they get lost even more quickly. Just put them in the front of your wallet and just make that your habit. That's the only habit you need. They go in the front. 
then automatically you're always going to have your receipts in a chronological order. And then when your wallet is full and you want to dump the receipts, you have a dedicated file folder and you want to do it by year. You don't want to do, you know, seven years of receipts in one folder, but a new folder each calendar year, stick the receipts in the front of that folder. And so if you always know the most recent return receipt is going to be in the front and then you dump it in the front of the folder, the whole folder will be organized according to date without you ever sorting anything. Brilliant. It's like magic. Can I take a picture of the receipt and that counts and I can throw away the physical copy? Yeah, that is fine. So a digital copy of the receipt is fine as long as all the information is visible. And actually, okay. it's, a, it's a good idea because I don't know if you've noticed, Farnoosh, but some of those receipts, the ink fades. I'm going through your masterclass here a little bit, but I know you're leaving a lot more for people who do want to um, join. And it is free. I'll put the link again in the show notes. The top three mistakes freelancers make when settling up their money around around tax season. Well, one of the things that is a huge mistake that freelancers make is assuming that when they pay for a tax return, that they if you pay for a professional to do your taxes, that you get more than a tax return. And that just unfortunately is not how it works. That's not how the industry is set up. When you pay for a tax return, you get a tax return. You don't get help generally calculating custom estimated quarterly tax payment amounts. You don't get monthly support. You don't really even get tax planning or um, advising. So it's kind of... Sad and unfortunate, um, but tax practices, and I, you know, I say this as a person who has had one for a long time, they get so busy that they're just like jamming through as many tax returns as they possibly can. It's a volume business. And so right. um, if you're going to ask a lot of questions, if you want advice, they charge separately for that. Yeah. <laughs> that, that sounds like the voice of familiarity there, Farnoosh. Yeah. Well, if you read how healthy state of panic, and again, I don't know if I deleted this story. I might bring it back if I did. If I did delete it, it, it begs putting it somewhere. I fired a CPA one year because he was mm-hmm. so belligerent. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this the first time you were on my show. He was just we so did. toxic and he ended up going to jail. I cannot believe that. <laughs> I know. I just had a spidey sense about him. I was like, I don't think you're ethical. And I actually, when I left him, I had an, another CPA audit my taxes because yeah. uh, I was like, I want to get ahead of this. If there's some mistakes or I need to refile or you know, whatever, I, I want to do this before I get you know, in trouble or and, and everything was fine. Because at the time I was just in my late 20s. He was referred to me by a rich friend and I was, mm-hmm. my, my office was upstairs from his office. So it was super convenient. But um, yeah, I've been through the ringer with with tax help helpers, and even now when I have I have a great CPA, she charges mm-hmm. us to do my taxes, my taxes with my husband, and mm-hmm. it's it's a nice figure for her. But and, you know, but I do have her on. I have her accessible to me throughout the year. She's not you know telling me how to organize my taxes, but she is saying, here's what we should deduct from your payroll this year for your salary or this month for your salary. So that's, it's nice to have those eyes on my stuff. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And actually, you know, since you're mentioning this corporate tax return, I'm guessing that you, I mean, I don't want to 
reveal things about your situation, Farnoosh. I don't actually know how you're organized, but my guess is that you're an S corporation. I'm an S corporation. I use QuickBooks for okay. all of my P&L, my balance sheet. I reconcile everything through there. I also use a payroll service to pay. I'm my only full-time employee, so it's really just mm-hmm. for book record keeping to pay yeah. myself. And actually with us corporations, I just want to give people a warning because I have seen so much bad advice or people kind of go off half, half cocked with them because they um, they hear somebody be like, oh my, you should, you should be an S corp. And they don't actually do the background to know if it's going to benefit them financially. So I see people form S corporations before it makes financial sense and end mm-hmm. up paying a lot of money that, you know, they can't undo. You know, I do a lot of consults with people where we kind of sort out, like do some tax triage. And um, so many of my calls are about people who got bad advice on S corps. So it's just like a well, real warning zone. This is a big question in my community. I don't want to spend the whole episode on this because we could. So I want to have you back to talk about S-Corps versus LLCs. So many people want to know what's the difference. You know, like I have friends who they have LLCs and they have perfectly good businesses and they run similar to mine. And so I'm like, should I have been an LLC? So I'd like to have you back if you don't mind for just that. I think that's a whole deep dive. That would be a great deep dive. Very, It'll be very useful to people. It's a super confusing area. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Did you know that I'm a podcast host and also a mind reader? Because I know that you want to grow your portfolio to deal with the rising costs of inflation, to pay off your debt or your mortgage. You want to attack pretty much anything standing in the way of you and your financial freedom, right? Well, here's one solution. More knowledge. This podcast helps, I hope. And you can use Yahoo Finance, where you can get access to the news, data, and tools that you need to help reach your definition of financial freedom. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. They're the number one finance destination, and I know because I worked there for many years, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, customizable charts, so much more. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. For the longest time, I dreaded buying bras. It was like shopping for jeans. Impossible. You want a bra that's sexy. You want a bra that's comfortable. You can't have both. Well, now you can, thanks to Third Love. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, the ick, the ugh, out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem or problem. 
Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school. Get smoothing, you know wear, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made with premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with the code podcast15. The weather's getting warmer as I record. It's a nice 73 degrees on the East Coast. So finally, time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and fingers crossed hello to shorts and tees. And I need to update my wardrobe for the long haul. And you know, I don't want to spend a fortune. So luckily I found Quinn's. I'm honest. I've got a lineup of timeless pieces from Quinn's that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm talking premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karakul jewelry, and tons more. Best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I have t-shirts from Quince, pajamas from Quince, my very chic and fashionable sister-in-law, Hannah, her whole closet is Quince. And people often stop us and ask, where did you get this? Don't tell me the price. And then when I do, they're shopping on quince.com. Get warm weather ready with quince. Go to quince.com slash so money for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's com slash so money to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so money. So I'm learning that of the three mistakes, one is that we don't have a system for receipts, which mm-hmm. we think we have to also like submit them. We don't. It's just more for like a backup in case we get audited, which later I want to find out what are the chances of getting audited and what are auditing red flags. But what are the other two mistakes that typically freelancers make with their taxes that you see? Um, well, I think um, just not having a good system. So one of one of the really big things is your bookkeeping and your taxes are overlapped by like 90%, but not completely, not 100%. And in that little 10% of non-overlap, that's basically like where everybody's confusion is. And this is a whole system that once you have a corporate tax return, an S-corp, a partnership, you actually do this process called a book tax reconciliation. In other words, when you have a corporate formation, you actually have a process to sort out that little differential. But when you are a freelancer or self-employed person who files taxes just on their personal income tax return on a Schedule C, which is where self-employed people report their income, there is no reconciliation there. And so it becomes super confusing. It's it's why that's the group that I specialize in because it's an area where people, they have all the complexity, but not as much of the help. Um, and right. so it, it could just be so confusing. So right. some areas that don't overlap, like just to illustrate my point here, um, there are things like your home office deduction, your mileage deduction. These are generally not tracked in your bookkeeping right. because they're items that you would generally be paying out of a personal account and not your business account. Um, exactly. But on your taxes, you get to 
you get to sort of pull in a little piece of those personal expenses as a business expense. And so this is why it won't show up on your bookkeeping, but it will show up on your taxes. Right. I long for the day where childcare can be a business expense. Oh gosh, Varnoosh. Yes. <laughs> you you yeah. know what I mean? Because uh, mm-hmm. I can't work if I don't have someone watching my kids and I should be able to deduct for that. I'm just saying. You know what's funny? The actual language of a business expense to the like for the from the IRS is that it's ordinary and necessary. And if you are a working parent, it feels so necessary (laughs) to have child. I know there's a child tax credit, and there's like you know there's some credits for you know camp and childcare and all of those. We would deduct as much as we could, and obviously if you're employing someone. I think there's a little bit of a tax credit there, but like, no, by and large, there, there's, you know, not enough. But I think that's one way for the government to say like, hey, families, we see you, we support you, and mm-hmm. here's how we're going to do it. We're going to make you, your choice to, well, it's not really even a choice. Like you have to make money to support your family. And a lot of us do have businesses or we're freelance. So it'd be great if we could really maximize that child expense and optimize it for our taxes. Okay. Third, <laughs> third, third thing that uh, you want to really relay to freelancers, because this is like something that they're wasting their time on. Other things that they're wasting their time on is really like recalculating. So when you track your deductions, and by the way, I have like a free visual guide for deductions that we can put a link in the show notes, but it's like okay, rainbow colored cool. and very pretty. Um, so you're an list- artist by trade, everybody. So like that's, this is really special. You're really that's bringing real. your two worlds. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, I designed it kind of like a translator. So it's like got what the human being will call it, like what you think of the expense and what you call it in this column. And then over here, I know this is a <laughs> podcast and I'm using a visual, but in the middle column, I, I write what the IRS calls it and it, ah, point, yeah. it kind of maps what you call it to what the IRS calls it. And then it love has it, the little rules. So people can definitely download that if the if they go to I'm the show notes. That. So yeah, one of the really frustrating things where when you've set up bookkeeping and you're tracking all those expenses and you have a dedicated business account, so you are doing your bookkeeping from your business bank statement, which is how you should do it, not from your receipts, which will, you know, make you feel crazy. Um People feel like I've set it up correctly. I've got my bookkeeping going. This is great. And then what happens is because the bookkeeping isn't tracking some of those differences between taxes and books, you end up at tax time freaking out and having to recalculate a bunch of categories. Um, And so that can feel super, super frustrating. So some of those categories are meals. Um, Meals is a meals and um, also mileage, because there's some things where in the tax code, you're allowed to take the greater of one of two methods. And so the fact is, if you haven't been tracking the method both ways for the whole year, you essentially have to go back for through a year's worth of records and recalculate at tax time. I have kind of a method where I like to help people set up their bookkeeping to actually track those categories twice and then only pull in the bigger one into a formula, which calculates Mm. what your taxes are. 
Well, speaking of bookkeeping, coming up this month, I think it's this month or maybe it's early March, I have a guest on who is going to talk about her business, which is the five-minute bookkeeper. Oh, that's awesome. Five-minute bookkeeper. That's like the seven-minute <laughs> abs. That's amazing. Better. Yeah. <laughs> but it actually works and it's a lot more doable. Um, so stay tuned for that. Now, you also talk about in your masterclass how to stash an extra $130,000 in your savings. I'm confused. I want to know all about this because I would like that. That sounds like a good, that sounds like a good deal. Yeah. So it is... It's a little bit my hang up that I really want, especially creative people who I think often discount the fact that they're ever going to be able to retire or save enough money to retire. So I dedicate space in my masterclass every single time to showing people what the math of compound interest looks like over a career span. And basically, if you are investing, so this Hopefully, Farnoosh, this is your audience, right? This is like what you do, why we listen here. If you're investing over your career span, I show the math with when you're investing using tax-advantaged accounts, like an IRA, how much money your money earns in your last year. So basically, the mistake that people make is they put off funding their IRA they're like, oh, I'll do it next year. It's like not a not a big deal. I'll just wait a year. But I actually show you the math that if you put it off for one year, it costs you $130,000 over the span of your career because that is how much money your money itself makes in its wow. final year in there. Yeah. So- the, the maximum contribution this year, I think is 6,500 unless you're over 50. Right. Over 50 is, is catch-up contribution. We showed this in my investing masterclass in, in January, which is like just how much like $10 a day or funding your IRA in a year, you know, where that will leave you that mm-hmm. one year's payment in, in the future. It's really powerful. And the math does not lie. The math doesn't lie. And I, I think a lot of us who like either felt some aversion to numbers or we were creative and sort of told we were bad with money, which I find to be just... Uh, not really true, ultimately. No. Um, I think a lot of us just discount the fact that it's possible. And so it's part of why I'm so dedicated to showing that math. Like, no, no, <laughs> let's take a moment and wa- and look at this growth curve of your money because it's kind of incredible how powerful compound interest is. Like yeah. if you are making 8% annual return, and of course your listeners will know that the stock market goes up and down. 8% is an average, not a guarantee. Right. But um, but if you're making 8%, the compound interest, whatever amount you put in this year, it will double in nine years. Every nine years, your money will double. I mean, if you've you know done the math on doubling, you can see that it starts to form a curve where it goes up and up and up and up and up. Yeah, I love it. Ooh, it's so good. Um, but let's go back to audits for a second. And sure. I promised we would talk about this. I read a statistic that said like, unless you're making a lot of money, unless you're in the 1%, you're probably not at risk of an audit. But that being said, what do you see as some of the red flags that the IRS flags? Yeah. An audit is a checkup. It's not an accusation. It is the, you know, it is the only check and balance in our tax system. And so all of us are subject to it any given year for anything in your tax return. 
you know, when you're a business owner, a self-employed person, and you're tracking like your business deductions, for example, one of the things to be aware of is you have a little code in the upper right corner of your Schedule C that identifies what field you're in. So for me as an artist, that's independent writerist, writer, performer, and artist. Um, I don't know if you have the code writer or if you do something else for Anoush, but you might be in the same code as me. Yeah. And basically what the IRS does, if you think about it, they have all the data from every single taxpayer and it's the date, it's the age of big data. And so what they do is they run a, um, basically like a score or a range for every single tax category on your, in your business receipts, right? So they know that every, the average artist, writer, or performer spends, you know, between one and 6% on travel meals, spends maybe 5% mm. on supplies, every single category, they'll have some range. And so what happens is if you're spending in a particular category pops out of the average range, you will get a flag on your tax return. A flag doesn't mean you will be audited, but what it does mean is all audits come from flagged returns. So your odds go up. Wow. Is there anywhere where I can see what the averages are so that I can always kind of... Yes, you can. Self-audit before I submit (laughs) my taxes. Yes, you can. Um, I believe, I I wish I remember what it stood for. It's called SOI. And what you get flagged with is called a diff score. It's something about the differential between yours and the average. Um, So if you were to Google around for SOI and diff score, you would find it. And then you would put in your NIAX code, which is the little, um, I think it's a five or seven digit code on the top of your tax return um, on your Schedule C or on your S-Corp return. And then you can see the range for that category. Um, but yes, it's public data, so you can find it. All right. Hannah Cole, thank you so much. It's never enough time to go over <laughs> all the essentials with you, but really appreciate you. And I definitely want to have you back, have you back to talk a little bit more about structuring your business, um, mm-hmm. what's the most tax beneficial, and... Um, good luck to everybody out there filing your taxes. I do have another episode coming up before that deadline to talk about bookkeeping and, you know, send me your questions. We can dedicate Friday episodes to taxes. Maybe we'll have Hannah back again before April 15th or March 15th. I don't know if we can squeeze it in, but you'll definitely be my go-to. You are my go-to. Hannah Cole, thank you so much of Sunlight Tax, everybody. We'll put the link to her masterclass in our show notes too, her free masterclass. Awesome. And we can put the link to that visual guide to business. Oh, yes. Yes. I will be downloading that myself. Thank you. (laughs) Farnoosh, thank you so much. I'm so, it's so lovely to talk to you and good luck everybody filing your taxes. Thanks again to Hannah Cole for stopping by. She is the founder of Sunlight Tax, and I've got links to all of her offers, including her free visual guide to your tax deductions and her podcast, Sunlight Tax, in our show notes. I'll see you back here on Wednesday, and I hope your day is so money.
hosting the So Money podcast for almost 10 years, I've been learning a lot about how to best serve you outside the show. I've begun to offer pop-up workshops and a So Money members club. And with each new line of business, a lot goes on behind every transaction. Stripe helps simplify and ease payments with tap to pay on iPhone, which helps me grow revenue and reach through accepting more in-person contactless payments when I'm out in real life promoting my programs. Tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe give me the ability to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup and no additional hardware required. And it's not just ideal for me. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe help businesses of all sizes accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. Whether your customers want to use their card, Apple Pay, or other digital wallet, now you can accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.